0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Kat Sadler, and it sure is a beautiful day. After such a bleak year, it's time for some joy, and I cannot wait for you to hear my fresh and fun new show, I crack open about mom life, relationships, wellness, and beauty, all the things. Plus, I have provocative conversations with some of the most fascinating and famous faces in pop culture. I'm here to lift you up and make you think. Check out It Sure Is a Beautiful Day with me and you every Tuesday.
2: how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You look great. Thank you. We're both Amanda. (laughs) I know. I just realized that you would think I'd come across it more. You know what I mean? You know, I
1: I don't know many Amandas. I know. Same. I feel like we're, I don't know, a name from the 80s that. Right. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly. You just, you just hit the nail on the head. Do you know, though, that in Latin, it means she who must be loved? Yes, I do know that. Did you know I got a tattooed
1: under my left boob? Do you know that I got a tattoo on my left wrist that says love? Because <laughs> what our name means. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh,
2: well, I love that. The minute I found out, did you know that from like childhood or did you yeah. find out in the middle of life? Oh, OK.
1: Yeah, I knew it from childhood and then I now love those kinds of things, you know, finding out what names mean and, you know, numbers and horoscopes and all that
2: stuff. Oh, you got into
1: that stuff. So
2: I didn't know. And then somebody told me and I was like, it all makes sense now and (laughs) had to to tattoo it on me. So I love that. We're trying to make our, you know, our our names interesting, which is. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You have had so much going on lately, so I'm sure you're super busy.
1: There is a lot going on, but yes, I'm I'm so glad that we got to do this. Yeah, and I saw that you're having
2: your new movie, Fit for Christmas. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it's going to be out already on December 4th on CBS, and you're acting Mm -hmm. in it, and you also executive produced it. Yes, and created it and created it and wrote it and like had this whole epiphany that you wanted to to write a Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, I know. It's crazy what life brings you and how things twist and turn. And all of a sudden, you're doing new, exciting things that are, you know, I don't know. Yeah, crazy. Were you always obsessed with Christmas?
2: I mean, so many people are.
1: Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I was just talking to my mom and dad about this, that I feel so fortunate to have had like literally the best Thanksgivings and Christmases thanks to my mom and dad. There's five of us in my family. We are all inc- incredibly close, but the way that they did the holidays for us, it's so special. It holds such a special place in my heart and memory that I'm just forever grateful for them because I think that's why I do love the holidays so much. And just now as being a parent, I feel like I'm falling short of creating that for Elvis. And I, I am like conscious of it and I'm, and luckily he's only three. So I feel like I still have time to figure out like how to make it special for him the way my parents did for me. But I'm like super conscious of it because I, have the best memories of being a kid during the holidays.
2: Yeah. It's wild when you have kids, like how holidays matter more. I have a son close to Elvis's age and I used to not care about Halloween. Like yeah. since I was a kid, you know, cause when you're an adult, like thirties, it's either you're, you go to a gross, like yeah Brooklyn underground Halloween party or, or you don't. And mm-hmm. with with a kid, all of a sudden you're in it again. You're like trick-or-treating, you're decorating. And you're right. There's a lot of pressure to like teach them the holidays and have them be into it. And, and you have to make it all that happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm the same with Halloween by the way. And luckily this year brought me back around to liking Halloween again, because I like you. I'm like, I'm not dressing up in some slutty costume going <laughs> to an overpriced party. To get drunk and be cold in New York City that was yeah 19 years of my life too so I was like I hated Halloween for a long time
2: and now we're back and now they brought us back in so how did how did this come to you this idea because like we said you've had so much going on you were doing Dancing on the Stars you were doing you're 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 a host on 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 the talk on CBS you're a fitness instructor you have a son all of this is going on by the way Amanda Klutz is here everybody <laughs> Let's give a proper proper introduction. You are so loved, by uh-huh. the way, it's okay. you have a presence that is really felt, you know, I always see it when when things come up and, and people are like, Amanda Klutz, I love her. I love her. So just, so you know, you know, the people, the Internet people that are, you know, a hard crowd to please really, 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 uh-huh. really like you. So so yeah, tell me how this came about this creating a Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, this was before all of that. When you were started listing the things, it's it actually this idea came to me in July of 2020. It was the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. It was very shortly after Nick passed. And Elvis was laying in bed with me. And I woke up and when I wake up, he wakes up. And so we we're just laying in bed. And I turned the TV on so that, you know, we had something to do. And the Hallmark Channel was playing Christmas movies to make people happy in July. They were doing Christmas in July during the pandemic. I don't know if you remember that. And, you know, these movies are notorious for being cheesy over the top, but they bring people joy and you don't really have to think when you're watching them and you just want the two people to fall in love and finally kiss at the end of the movie. And you're so happy. And so I'm watching this movie called Christmas Cookies and Elvis is just laying by me, just watching it too at one years old. And I thought of this idea and I was like, you know, they have never done a movie about a fitness instructor. Like, how come? Like, why not? Like, she could have a business and, you know, the business fails and she has to go against some big guy that's trying to buy out something from the big city. And then I start creating this whole plot in my head And I put it on social media that I'm watching this movie and it's making me happy. And the Hallmark podcast sees it and asks me to come on their podcast. And I'm talking to them on the podcast. And I tell them that I have this great idea for a Christmas movie with fitness. And they put me in touch with a writer and we bonded immediately the second we met. And then I pitched it to CBS and they loved it and they greenlit it. And all of a sudden... I was creating and executive producing and starring in a movie.
2: <laughs> oh, the way things happen. Wild,
1: wild, wild, Amanda. Just like, I mean, that doesn't happen. I remember when I pitched it to CBS, I didn't really even understand what a pitch was. They were like, you have a pitch. And I was like, okay. I threw on a Christmas blouse and I was—I didn't even have anything written down. I was just like, there's this girl, Audrey Parker, and she owns a fitness. And like, I just started telling the story and they loved it. <laughs> Oh my God. Wait, but did you,
2: cause you play Audrey, right? So yes. when you were thinking of this and as the ball started rolling, did you have yourself in mind to play her?
1: Yeah, I, I did from day one because a lot of it was coming from my life, obviously being a fitness instructor, owning a fitness business, fitness meaning so much to me. Yes. But then at the same time, I also realized that CBS had never seen me act. They, when I pitched to them, they had just hired me to be on the talk, so I was co-hosting. But you know, I had nothing to prove that I could act or that I had acting skills. I mean, I was on Broadway for seventeen years, but mostly dancing in the ensemble, and you know, never really having to do lines, let alone lead a movie. So when they said, "Yes, you're going to be the star," I was like, "I mean, this is great. This is what I was hoping for." But wow, thank you for. <laughs> Trusting me with this because wow, you know, there's even a little bit of part of you that's like, Can I do this? I hope I can.
2: <laughs> I mean, you have to be a little, you know, delusional and just believe in yourself. And obviously, you fucking did it. So, how long were you shooting for? I think I saw you were saying like, because you
1: were filming this Christmas movie, but you were like hot, like you did it in the summer or something. Yes. Yeah. We did it in 18 days in August. I literally have like a six week break from the talk over summer. And we did it on on that break. So we were in Vancouver for three weeks and it was, yes, easily 90 to 100 degrees some days. You know, people are in their puffy coats and layers and you're sweating. I could have cared less. I was so happy that I, I didn't even care.
2: <laughs> All about the abbeys, about the no trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better at singing. No. Okay. I don't know. So base B E I S not base, like the base of something and not base like B A S S of a drum base, like the luggage B E I S, uh, created by actress Shay Mitchell. Y'all know her. And listen, she made some good stuff because what, freaking awesome luggage makes you want to travel makes you feel shake at the airport they have cushioned handlebar they have space extenders they have all these inner pockets and it's just not only comfortable but also chic and you just feel like it doesn't scream i'm going on a business trip it doesn't scream i bought this at tj maxx like it's just a really really good look that i'm really just annoyed that my family lives in the same building because they borrow my luggage and I'm cheaping out on my base luggage because it's so great. Okay. It's sleek and it's affordable. So buy your own, fam. Buy your own, especially because right now, Base, B E I S, is offering my listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravelcom not skinny. So you have to go to slash not skinny for 15% off your first purchase. Base is spelled B E I S. So that's base travel. Uh, dot com slash not skinny to get 15% off your first purchase and their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors. They have a weekender bag for shorter trips and just everything you need for uh, traveling effortlessly while looking fashionable. Was that your first like real kind of big screen filming experience?
1: Well, I had done some stuff on screen. I did extra work in two movies and then I was in the Irishman. I filmed a a, a week with that movie as in a dancing role. So I was I've been on big movie sets, you know, I mean, the Irishman I was with, you know, Martin Scorsese was directing us and, you know, Leo DiCaprio was just sitting there watching. I mean, like crazy out-of-body experience, but I didn't have any lines. I was just dancing. So yes, this was definitely the first time that I was leading a movie and acting on my own, you know, with people. Wow. That is so exciting. Or how are you
2: feeling about the world seeing it? Are you nervous? Are you excited?
1: Yeah, I'm all of those things. I, I hope that they love it. I love it. I love how it turned out. I'm really proud of it. But of course, yeah, you know, you're putting yourself out there for the first time as an actress. So, you know, yes, I just hope that people like me and and find it genuine and, you know, fun and exactly what these movies, you know, hope to bring to people, which is peace and happiness and, you know,
2: joy. Right. Well, that's so exciting. And I also want to know, is this kind of your... I know that everything kind of happened, but do you feel like that's the direction you would want your career to go in, like acting? I
1: loved it so much that I definitely got the bug and loved being on a film set and loved the creative process behind it, loved being an executive producer. So I do hope that there's more of that to come, however that may be. I think my favorite thing right now is, is that creative process though, like thinking of something in my brain and then making it happen. And then when it happens, seeing that materialize is just like this. It's such a cool energy buzz inside me that it's, it's kind of my favorite thing right now. So whether that's just behind the camera, creating and doing, you know, executive producing or whatever, creating concepts or in front of the camera and acting. I love it all. It's really fun. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers
2: crossed. And did you always know that you wanted, because you said you were doing, you were a raquette, you were doing Broadway as a dancer and were doing extra work and in films. Did you always want to be in this industry? Was that your goal growing up?
1: Well, goal goal growing up was definitely Broadway and the Rockettes. I set that goal when I was in sixth grade and I was like, Broadway, Rockettes, I'm there. And then, and I, you know, luckily did that and I did that for 17 years. But then when I left performing and started my fitness business, I really like, I made the change and I did not foresee any of this coming hosting a talk show let alone acting in a movie you know that was very much my late husband that was nick and and he was the lead actor and i was running my fitness business when i moved to la 3 years ago that was my sole job and priority was making sure my fitness business was making money and and running that and i loved it and it was so fulfilling and so you know keeping me so happy so no it this just kind of came up. It's fun. You know, it's fun to revisit it in this different capacity, because obviously Broadway is all of those things, acting, singing and dancing. So it's fun to come back to it. And after thinking I was done and coming back to performing and doing it in this different medium now, it's really cool. And getting to still
2: keep your fitness business and like even integrate that in in the movie that you made. So you were talking about Nick and this story, you know, touched all of our hearts. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's not a person in this country that that doesn't know your late husband's story and battle that he lost to to COVID. I remember seeing your stories at that time and how the your community, but also the world, was kind of praying with you and you were updating and you were keeping us all filled in on his and everything that was happening and that was in 2020. First of all, I'm so sorry that you lost Nick to this awful virus. How does it feel now looking back like that whole time warp you were in and how did you deal with that so gracefully and how did you come out of that how you are now? I mean, it's such a such a incredible and and crazy and sad story.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it I will tell you that it does feel like a time warp. You know, if you look back even on those like early days of COVID and what we were all doing and how scared we all were to even just leave our house, it doesn't feel real, you know? Like it doesn't, we all lived through it. We all probably know somebody that was really affected by it. But now, you know, two years later, doesn't it feel like a weird like, did that happen? You know what I mean? Like, was that like, did we really just stay in our houses? Like everyone and nobody, you couldn't go anywhere and you were scared. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel real. So when I look back on that, sometimes I have to like remind myself that it did happen because it doesn't feel real. It sometimes just feels like Nick has been gone on a job and he'll be coming home soon. I can't, you know, it's so weird to think that he's gone a lot of times. And if I look at pictures of during that time, I'm like, I don't even recognize, you know, the situation or myself, that's how feel how foreign it feels in a way. And then on the other hand, you've lived it. And obviously, it is such a part of my life right now, always that it just it just becomes like, I don't know, it just becomes like a part of you that you have to live with every day. Do you know what I mean? And he didn't
2: have any pre-existing like health conditions or anything that made it escalate.
1: No, he was a perfectly healthy 41 year old man, which is again, yeah. And you know, that's also really hard because the way people are getting COVID now and how they are so lucky to have symptoms the way they have symptoms a lot of times, not everybody, but a lot of people's symptoms are just a minor cold or, oh, I had brain fog for a day or, you know, people joke about it or laugh about it. That's really hard, Amanda, because I feel like sometimes they don't understand how lucky they are that that's their symptoms when, you know, Nick's were so drastically different and how it affected his body was so drastically different, how it affected my family and my life so drastically different. So I don't know. It's just it's just weird, you know? It's just a really weird thing. It was a really weird time. I but I will say I can't thank, you know, you're talking about the internet community. The internet community at that time of my life saved me. They were a community of support and prayer and belief. Every single day they cheered me on, they cheered Nick on, they loved my entire family, supported my entire family, and I I know for a fact, I could not have gotten through that alone. And I am forever grateful for all that support that we got during that time.
2: How did you rally yourself to be his biggest, like cheerleader and like have this optimism and day by day? Cause I remember you were giving updates and you know, every new kind of thing that was happening in the hospital, you were hoping that it would lead to, to, to good news. Do we just like pull out shit that we don't know we have in our bodies in those moments like how looking back like how were you able to 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 do that in in in, a, in a, such a crazy time that you were dealing with this like insane thing
1: yeah I think you are right I think that we surprise ourselves with what we can do in desperate times you know when you have to and I, I get, I, I know I didn't have to do any of that, but I did feel like a responsibility when sharing Nick's story at the time, especially again when I first shared Nick's story. The, what the news was reporting is that the people that were being affected by COVID were over sixty, previous health conditions, and so everything that Nick was experiencing was opposite of that. So i I felt a I felt a responsibility to share that you know just to bring awareness to people that you know gosh if if your loved one is laying on the couch and just sleeping all the time i don't know maybe they have covid cuz nick had COVID. that was his symptom you know but i do think that that in times of trauma and things you rally this spirit inside of you that you didn't even know that you had and i think that definitely happened for me i mean i I was fighting for my husband's life. I mean, what's more important than that? You know what I mean? Especially in a pandemic. So, you know, and there was, there was nobody or nothing that was going to tell me that he wasn't going to live. You know, I, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it up until the day that I finally like, you know, saw that he wasn't going to make it. But up until that day, nobody was telling me he wasn't coming home. It just wasn't an option.
2: I'm again, so sorry that, that you went through all of that. How did you, how did you speak to your son about this at the time? Like, do you, is there, are there places to go that tell you, are there like resources online? Like, how do you, I barely know how to like, you know, teach Noah basic shit. You overthink everything. This is such a, you know, grieving and, and loss. Like, how did you know how to approach that?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, well, luckily, you know, when, when Elvis was, when Nick past elvis was only a year and a month old so i i didn't luckily have to say anything to him at that point in time it's just now starting to become something that he asks me about i've made nick very apparent in his life we listen to nick's music all the time i talk about nick all the time we i i remind him of his dad all the time so he it's, it's interesting. I, I feel like he's definitely trying to figure out in his mind what happened. I've told him that his dad died. It's hard to understand what he understands right now. I'm just keeping it very basic and very honest. Cause I just feel like to start, that's really like in my way, the best it for me. And for us, I think it's just the best way to go just to be very simple, very honest. And then as he gets older, I'm sure more questions are going to come, you know, about and, There are wonderful organizations and and grief groups and things that you can go to. And I've really leaned on other widows and widowers and especially ones with children just for advice. You know, so there's definitely many outlets to do that. But I think all in all, you kind of just have to do what's best for your family, you know.
2: I haven't checked my credit score in three years because hmm, why would I do that? It's super hard. You end up signing up for like all the bureaus. You end up getting a good emails being charged for things that you don't know and not even understanding what you're doing. So that's why chime exists because at chime, that's exactly what they do. Uh, So with their secured chime credit builder visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. So chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. So when husband, moved here you know with me in 2016 he had zero credit i mean he was a new he's new here and we didn't know where to start what credit means and we didn't know like if you open the credit card will it go to the right place like how many payments so with chime you know that that's what they do they're helping you build your credit okay all of this is with no annual fees no large security deposits or credit checks to apply uh the chime credit builder visa visa credit card is issued by stride bank in north america pursuant to a license from visa usa chime checking account a 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply with secure chime credit Builder visa credit card regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score impact the score may vary and some user scores may not improve out of network atm withdrawals fees may apply except at money atms in a 7-Eleven or at any all point of visa plus alliance ATM. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash not skinny. That's Chime.com slash not skinny. No, I'm really in utter disbelief that it's 2023 in a hot millisecond. Like we went from summer to Thanksgiving to Christmas to freaking New Year's in a heartbeat. Um, but 2023 is practically here. But don't you worry, where you're like, I don't have anything to wear for New Year's Eve because Macy's has got all the New Year's Eve looks to start your year off right and bright. That's right, you guys. That's the vibe right now. It's flashy, it's shiny, it's bright, it's New Year's Eve. You know, life is too short to be boring. So if you want to find like a shimmering mini dress for your midnight toast or your midnight hookup or hookups, multiple metallic accents. If you're feeling low key or glittering jewelry and pretty much everything else that plays up your light, you can go to macy's.com slash own your style. Ever since I wore metallic and shimmery and flashy to the PCAs, I am now you know, a fashion and style expert. So, no matter what sparkling glam you choose for this New Year's Eve, you make it style. Go to Macy's.com dot com slash own your style. Like I always tell you, Macy's has everything. Let's bring it back to the OG days of department stores where you bought mugs, kitchenware, sheets, and your newest New Year's Eve dress all in the same place. Macy's dot com slash own your style. What's so wild in your story is that after Nick passed away, I mean, was it, it was a little over a year that Dancing with the Stars came
1: about? Yeah, it was. It's, it's, well, they asked me to do this season before mine. And I really, really wanted to do it. It was only a couple months after Nick died. And I was like, I really want to do this. And I had a huge talk with my mom and dad. Because I knew that I would need their help if I was going to, you know, endeavor into this project, this reality show. And we decided that it was too early. And I'm so grateful that I waited a year later and they asked me to do that next season, season 30. Because I now, knowing the show and understanding the journey you go on, oh my God, I'm so thankful I waited because I needed that journey a year later. And I don't think I could have mentally and physically done it when they originally asked me, but yeah, it was a, it was a year after and it, oh my gosh, it came at the best time. Amanda, it was like so healing for me. So wonderful to be dancing again, performing became such a great friend with Alan Burstyn, my dance partner. And I had no idea how much I needed just like a male friend in my life after not having like a male in my life. So it was just it was the best. I, I wish I could do it every year. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I was- you're a
2: dancer. So it probably like I know that for non dancers, you know, ones that come from reality TV, it, their bodies go through crazy, you know, changes. And it's was it hard for you physically too?
1: Oh, my God. Yes. My body by the end. I had, I still have an injury in my thumb. I could barely move my legs. I had like a rib out on my right side. My feet were completely torn up because each week you have to wear a different pair of shoes to match that dance style. And what happens when you wear a new pair of shoes, you get blisters, right? And you build up those blisters over time when you keep wearing the shoe. But there's changing shoes every week. Like my feet looked so disgusting. I remember showing, like I would show pictures on Instagram and people would be like, Oh my God. Because I was like, I just want you guys to understand that. Yes. I'm a dancer coming in this competition does not mean this is easy for me or easy on my body because it was certainly not. But again, I would do it over and over and over again. If if they wanted me to, I'd be there every season. And you you, I mean, you made fourth
2: place, which is like a big deal. Like, I I'm sure your competitive nature would want
1: would want to the what is it called? The The mirror, you know, my competitive nature only my my goal was to get to the finale because I knew that once you're in the finale, you're doing all the dances that you were set out to do and that after the finale, no one's still rehearsing. No one's still performing. And that was my biggest fear, that if I got out, like, season, you know, episode six, that that next Monday, I'd be watching the show and I'd be like, I should still be there. <laughs> so I just wanted to make it to the finale. So I was so happy that I did. I And truly, Iman, yes. I mean, like, he, he killed it and d- definitely deserved that mirror ball. So I had no
2: bitter feelings. And usually when Alan has... Female partners. I feel like there are always rumors, but there were no, I feel like there were no romantic rumors about you two at the time.
1: There, yeah, there were few and far between. Yeah. There, but, you know, we obviously never yeah. gave any of those. And, you know, I think we were both so grateful for each other's friendship. I think, you know, he knows how much he helped me. I know I helped him. <laughs> so we, yeah, we just became like, best friends. I love that guy so much. I know. I mean, I still talk to him all the time. Oh, you do. There was
2: also because I was a Bachelor fan. I know that I don't I don't really keep up anymore. I've been yelled at by people to stop watching it in the last few (laughs) seasons. But I remember also coming across you when people were really hoping that you and Michael a would get together. And then because he is a widow, a widower as well. And then I think you like went to dinner or something and the internet freaked out, but that was also just friends. Right.
1: Funny because what was so funny to me about that is that if we were dating or on a first date, there's no way in hell I would take a selfie and post it. Like (laughs) knowing that that's like a first man that people are seeing me with after Nick, like why would I do that? I know better than that. So it was so funny to me that people reacted that way because I was like, guys, I am not that stupid. Nor I is think it was just hopeful.
2: I think it was, I think we like hopeful. knew that the, the, the reasoning that you're saying, but I think it was like, yeah. well, maybe, but he is in a super happy relationship now. But how did
1: you connect then? Was it because of the internet? Yes. So we connected. So his wife passed away a a few months before Nick did. And so then after Nick passed and a couple months went by, we connected through Instagram, pretty sure if I remember correctly, because so many people were like, you guys need to meet. You're both from Ohio, very close in Ohio, and you're both around the same age. You both have a son and you both lost your partners. So immediately when we DM'd and we got each other's phone number, we chatted on the phone for, I think like an hour and probably could have chatted for five hours. And then when I was home in Ohio, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm home, we have to go out. And he was like, parents night out, absolutely, because we both had babysitters, because we were both at home. So we went out on the town in Canton, Ohio, and had a blast. And I I mean, I love Michael, he is such a great guy, and we obviously have a super special bond that we share in a club that we wish we weren't in but I am. I'm so happy for him. He looks so happy and in love. And I, it just gives me hope that I can find that too, because he just looks so happy. I'm so happy for him. I know.
2: It's such a win when people like that. And also Danielle, I don't know if you ever, did you ever watch the bachelor franchise?
1: I didn't, but she looks adorable.
2: Yeah. She, she also lost her fiance to, I think like an overdose. I don't want to misspeak, but But she was yeah, her story is also and she's amazing. She's like a nurse. Like she's not one of those, you know, bachelor people that, you know, just goes on to go on Instagram. So very happy for them. And I love that you guys connected. You also I mean, we just said you do so much, but you had a book that came out already about about Nick. Yes. That is out for the world to read and a book coming
1: out. Tell me your dreams. Yes. Tell me about that book. Yeah, this, this is a children's book that came to me just out of a nighttime routine that I do with Elvis. So ironically, back in 2019, I, when I had Elvis, I'm sure this probably happened to you too. You become a parent, you get very inspired by your children. And I had thought of like three or four children's book ideas and I tried to pitch them out and nobody cared. And that was fine. And then the pandemic happened and and then I, you know, am raising Elvis on my own. And so one night we're doing our bedtime routine. I have him in the rocking chair. And I just ask him if he wants me to tell him his dream. And he says, yes. And he was like two. And I was like, okay. So I he loves trash trucks. So I just started creating this dream about a trash truck that arrives in his room. And I go into this fantastical adventure and Dada is driving the trash truck and he gets to hang out with Dada the whole dream. And then Dada at the end of the dream puts him back in his crib and says, I love you. And then mommy comes in in the morning and wakes you up and you get to tell me everything that you did with dad. So that was like this new routine that we started doing. And every night I would ask him the same question. He would say yes. And then I would create a whole new fantastical experience that he would go on on his dreams. So then I am meeting with my book editors from Live Your Life and we're talking about children's books and I'm giving them the ideas that I had from 2019 and they're like semi-interested. And then I was like, you know what though? Actually, I've been doing this thing with Elvis where I tell him his dream every night and he goes on this adventure with dad. And they were like, well, what's that? And I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe this is, maybe this is the book. And so then they loved it. And so we wrote it down, basically. I kind of wrote down my original fantastical dream story that I told Elvis. And it's going to be, it's for pre order right now. And it comes out in April, 2023. I'm super proud of it. It's been really fun kind of creating that children's book. I love reading it to Elvis still. And, you know, I just think it's a great way for, like we were talking about before, Amanda, like when you're a parent and you have to, ex- Ex, you have to explain death to a child or explain loss to a child of a, of, of a sibling, of a friend, of a grandparent, of, a, of an adult. I think this is a great way to kind of encourage them that in your dreams, you never know who you're going to meet up with and you can see them and you can talk to them and you can go on adventures with them and that they don't have to leave you. So I'm really, I'm really proud of this book and how it ended up coming to be
2: Oh, that's so cool! Well, not only am I excited for the book, but I feel like it's such a good idea to just do with Noah, like ask him that question and make up. I hope I can be like as creative,
1: but and then make up a story. I love that. I know you'll see because he if if he's like Elvis, and I think he will. Like Elvis starts participating, I'll be like, "Well, what color is the trash truck tonight?" And he'll go green. I'll go, "Okay, you get in the big green trash truck and." You fly through the sky because now the trash trucks fly, and you know it's and they they're like it's so cute to see their faces. So yes, I encourage you to do it.
2: So Rebecca went to yoga, did downward dog, and saw Michael sweating from the hot yoga. That didn't sound hot. I'm sorry. That's why I'm not a Dipsy, you know, voiceover artist because that's not what I do, but I do love Dipsy. I think Dipsy is such an awesome app. It's a sexy app full of hundreds of short sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring sexy hot scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes, realistic characters, you could find stories about an intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. So it's really inclusive. They have stories for straight and queer listeners and over 50% of stories are voice acted by people of color. So new content is released every week. You can listen to your favorite stories again and again, or you could find something new. They also have uh, soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories. You can read. But I think it's the most fun to listen to these sexy audio stories while you're folding laundry or while you're, you know, doing whatever. No one needs to know. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind or keep things up with a partner. For listeners of my show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30 free day trial when you go to DipsyStories.com slash not skinny. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to Dipsy. That's spelled D-I-P-S-E-A Stories.com slash not skinny. slash not skinny. How is being a single mom? I know you've been doing it for two years but how do you manage everything? I mean, filming the movie, doing the talk show, writing the book, pitching every day.
1: How do you do it? Being a single parent is really hard. It's really, really hard. Just even like, you know, just like the day to day things of being a single parent is just like, it's just a lot, you know, especially right now at three, like he's starting to really have opinions and talk back to me and like test me and It's, you know, and, and doesn't want me to leave and doesn't want me to go to dinner because he wants me to stay home with him. So there's like a lot of mom guilt that's coming in at the time right now. So it is, it's really hard. I have a ton of help though. I am not going to try to pretend that I do this on my own. I have hired help. I have friends that help. I have grandparents that come when I have to go film a movie and
2: stay with him for three weeks, oh, yeah, because but, they're uh, in oh they're in Ohio, and you're in l a, so they would come, i say,
1: yeah, when when I have like even with like dancing with the stars, my mom and dad moved here for three months so that I could do that job. like they are rock star grandparents, and I could not do it without them. I have a brother in San Francisco that will come down at the drop of a hat to help me. And, you know, it's hard because you really have to, you have to ask. I feel like I'm constantly asking for help, constantly asking for babysitters or for people to help for an hour or two, you know, because it's like, it's just tough. You can't, you know, you can't just leave the house. You can't come home late. You can't extend the evening. You can't take the fitness class that you wish you could take because you have to get home and you don't want your son to have another babysitter. So you end up not working out that day or something or not doing something for yourself that would really like just that hour would really make you feel like a human being, you know? Yeah. You can't be spontaneous anymore. Let's put it that
2: way. There is no spontaneity anymore. Wait. So just to, because I'm doing the, the, the timeline in my head, you were in New York before, right? Yeah. For how many years?
1: 19 years I lived in New York.
2: Yeah. Where did you guys live?
1: I moved when I was 18 years old and I went to musical theater conservatory there before I started working on Broadway. I basically lived mostly on the Upper West Side. I had a seven year stint in East Harlem. But other than that, on the Upper West Side. Oh,
2: wow. So how was the move to
1: to L.A.? Horrible at first. I was not wanting to move. Ironically, always wanted to live in L.A., from Broadway tours I had spent like 6 weeks here for shows before multiple times and I love LA but at the time Elvis was 3 months old my mom and dad lived across the hall from us and my two sisters were blocks away so I just felt like we have a new baby all my fitness business and clients are here everybody that knows you in the acting world Broadway world for Nick is there and he was dead set on moving to l a where we had nobody. We had friends, but we didn't have friends that we could like guarantee help with Elvis with, you know? no no one really was familiar with Nick in the acting world. So I was just worried about like auditions and work for him. And I had to bring my whole fitness business here. So, and I was a new mom with a three month old. So it just felt like a complete wrong turn for me. And I was really. Not happy at first. I was I was in postpartum depression. I I did not want to live here. I was begging and pleading to move back and hoping that Nick would understand and and also want to move back. That he wouldn't find work here and and be forced to move back. But you stayed and
2: you're still there. So how are you now? Are you feeling? Are you feeling L.A. More, like home? Home now, in L.A. In
1: L.A. And now I go to New York and I'm like, how did I live? here for 19 years like it's even just driving into that city the last time i was driving it from newark and you see the city and you're like i couldn't i was like how did i live in this city for 19 years it is so bonkers to me and the it's like so fast paced and so crazy god i don't miss that i really I don't. I'm so happy here. I love the weather. I love having a home. I love having a car. I love my job. I love my friends and community here. So I actually now love Los Angeles, but it did take me a second. I'm not going to lie.
2: Well, you guys, New York is great. I'm just saying, no, I complain about it all the time. I literally complain about it all the time. And my followers are always like, every time the winter starts, I'm like, why do I even... What am I even? And then the summer
1: comes and you forget about it. And spring day, right? That first spring day that usually hits like late May, not April.
2: I know it's so many months. I mean, the winter started already. And I'm like, wait, November, December, January, February, March. I'm like, is that 3,000 months that we have to deal with this?
1: Are you like, you look at your puffy coat and you're like, I don't even care how cold I am today. I can't wear this black puffy coat one more day. I'm going to throw on more layers and wear extra hats and scarves. I can't
2: put this thing on one more day. (laughs) Well, this happened to me yesterday, Amanda. I went to pick up Noah three blocks away from school and I didn't wear my coat. And I was like, it's fine. It's three blocks. But you know, when the wind is happening, then nothing will help you. I swear in my life, you guys, I acted like I was on an episode of Survivor. And I was talking to myself. I was like, mind over matter, mind over matter. I'm not even lying to you that I was mumbling this to myself the whole way and probably cried when I got home. So don't I don't think it's a good idea to 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 not wear the coat. But I did try this literally the other day. Okay, I have some quick fire questions before we go. Your favorite show right now.
1: Oh, my God. I'm addicted to welcome to Chippendales and Firefly Lane.
2: Oh my God. Okay. Adding that to my list, your 20s or your 40s.
1: Oh gosh. Oh God. I've only spent half a year in my (laughs) forties. 20s. Oh, 20s are super exciting too. No, I'll go with 40s. I'll go with 40s.
2: Let's be optimistic. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Oh, good. I was like, you're like work outy person. Maybe it's tea. Wine or weed? Oh, wine. Yeah, weed
1: ever really do anything for me it'll make me go to sleep if it works
2: yeah favorite thing to do with Elvis and also I have to know you named him after Elvis I'm assuming right
1: I did not but of course love Elvis Presley I just loved the name and I loved that it was a music name because Nick was such a music guy my mom loved Elvis Presley growing up I knew of Elvis because of my mom But I just loved that the name was unique without being weird, like table or chair, you know, like nobody names their kid Elvis, but it wasn't a weird name. It's actually like an old Southern cool name, Scandinavian name, actually. So that's what I loved about the name. And I loved how it sounded with Elvis Cordero and Nick, Amanda and Elvis. Like it just matched.
2: Oh, that's so cute.
1: Yeah. But what was the question?
2: Well, I just wanted to say that you're right, because with names for kids and especially boys, because I feel like you could get wilder with girls with boys, it's like you want to be a little special, but you don't want to make them be weird. So like a name that you've heard before, but not a name that. Yeah. So it's super hard. But you you've you 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 have accomplished it. I asked what your favorite thing to do with him is.
1: I love going to the beach with him. I love. We try. I mean, I literally go probably every weekend. I love the beach so much. I love getting out there and just running and just like the smells, the ocean, the sounds like, oh, God, it's like such a healing thing. So I love that. So she's not a New York City girl anymore. That's
2: (laughs) for sure. Yeah. She's not going to like Coney Island. Favorite thing to do without him.
1: I love going to dinner with my girlfriends at Sunset Tower Hotel. Oh, okay. Noting that for myself as well. Yeah, You know, I just love that restaurant. It is so old Hollywood. They have like a band. It's dark. It's fun. The food's good. The waiters now know me like I have a table like it just is fun. Like I love feeling like I've stepped back into old Hollywood. So or the Hollywood Bowl. That is my other like the Hollywood Bowl is like my favorite thing to do in the summer.
2: Okay. Well, she's full of ideas. She's full of recommendations. Amanda Klutz, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It was such a pleasure getting to know you. You really are a light and you have so many things going on, you guys. So fit for Christmas. So it's on CBS, but where can people like stream
1: it? Paramount Plus after the debut on the fourth, it'll be on Paramount Plus. It'll live there. So please watch it, rewatch it, share it.
2: Yes. And I'm sure everybody will. So Fit for Christmas, you guys, her book, Tell Me Your Dream, is coming out in April. She's working out. She's doing all the things. She's on the talk on CBS. I mean, really just I hope everything continues to to be so great for you, Amanda, and for me, too, because my name is Amanda, too. So maybe, (laughs) you know, all the Amanda's, (laughs) all the Amanda's keep on thriving. No, really. Thank you for coming on. It was so great to talk to you.